Uptown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Boeing says a software upgrade is now ready to be reviewed by the Federal Aviation Administration for its grounded 737 MAX 8 planes. The update involves tweaking the system designed to prevent an aerodynamic stall if sensors detect that the plane's nose is pointed too high. After the update, the system will rely on data from more than one sensor before it automatically pushes the plane's nose lower. Meanwhile, over 700 people attended a memorial service yesterday for Derek Lugi at a Southwest Calgary church. He was killed when the Boeing Max plane he was in crashed in Ethiopia. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. That thick fog taking over our city is highly affecting drivers this morning. Visibility is at zero right now, so don't head out if you don't have to. And as for construction, reduced lanes and closures are in effect at 5th Street and 4th Avenue Southwest until 2 p.m. for traffic signal work. An alternate route is recommended if you're heading into the downtown core. Your lucky number is 50 thanks to Leon's 50-50 sale. Get 50% off specials, take 50 months to pay, no interest, OAC. On now, see Leon's.ca. For details for the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Taya Yusin. A Calgary vet clinic is advising pet owners to keep their pets inside. The warning comes after a recent string of incidents in which bobcats have mauled house cats, resulting in serious injuries or death. Communities like Lake Bonavista and Deer Run have seen an increase in these attacks, according to residents. Southeast Calgary resident Lars Mellon says he broke up a fight on March 13th between a bobcat and his cat Ivy, who was in the family's fenced backyard. The cat had bite marks all over its body and did not survive. Acadia Drive Animal Clinic says pet owners should get their cat's medical care quickly if they suspect they've had a run-in with wildlife. In the last week, the vet clinic has seen two bobcat-related cat injuries. Alberta Fish and Wildlife say relocating bobcats is not feasible because of their territorial nature and a low survival rate. The stakes are high for the Trump administration following word from U.S. Attorney General William Barr that he will get the principal conclusions of the Mueller report to lawmakers very soon. U.S. President Donald Trump has remained quiet over the matter since Friday when the special counsel handed the report to the attorney general. Democrats want access to all of Robert Mueller's findings and supporting evidence on whether Trump's 2016 campaign coordinated with Russia to sway the election and whether the president later sought to obstruct the investigation. French authorities are investigating the case of an older female protester who suffered head injuries when police charged people defying a yellow vest protest ban in Nice. The woman was waving a rainbow flag marked peace and wearing a yellow vest when riot police carrying shields suddenly pushed towards protesters, knocking the woman to the pavement. A reporter on the scene said there was blood spilling from her head. An investigation is underway. Taking a look at sports, Philadelphia and Washington will get the five-game NHL schedule underway in the U.S. Capitol. Montreal visits Carolina tonight, and Vancouver is home to Columbus. Vancouver is coming off a 3-1 loss to the Flames last night. The Toronto Raptors will host a Charlotte team tonight that's fighting to get into the NBA's Eastern Conference playoff picture 
And March Madness continues today with the second round men's action and a full slate of women's first round games. Canada's R.J. Barrett leads Duke against the University of Central Florida. The winner will advance to the Sweet 16. Global News Calgary weather. The fog should dissipate later this morning and then cloudy for the rest of the day. There is a chance of showers or flurries this afternoon. Only a high of plus three. And then possible showers or flurries early this evening as well. A low of zero and partly cloudy tomorrow and plus 11. It's zero degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It is a little foggy out there for sure this morning. So uh, I know Mary will be listening and uh, we'll get the, everyone marked on their calendar. So we got 90 days from this time. So that takes us around that June 22nd-ish time, June 23rd-ish time. Um, We should maybe be seeing a little bit of moisture. So mark it down and uh, let's see if this all works. And we'll we'll see if we're going to get that much. Hopefully it's not much needed moisture by the end of June. That's sort of when those... When the floods came back then, so hopefully we don't get that. So, anyways, it's uh, it's definitely a little foggy out there, a little moisture. It sort of feels like a early spring Vancouver day out there. So it's kind of kind of nice out there, but it's definitely feels a little bit. Got my Birkenstocks on, first time in the spring here. So figured I'd bring them out. It's time to throw away the socks for the summer and put on the Birkenstocks. It's sort of uh, that time of year. And uh, and that time of year to to get thinking about your uh, your trees and shrubs and all that what they're going to be doing. So Mark Torozo from Green It Up or Prune It Up and all that stuff up. He's going to join us at nine thirty five. He's going to tell us what we should be doing for our trees and shrubs and uh, and the fertilizer programs that he has going for that. So he's going to give us a shout and let us know what we should be doing uh, as far as uh, our lawn and our and our trees and shrubs, and uh, get them in shape, get them going for spring. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of text already, a couple, and uh, seen a lot of the winter kill coming in. I just got a picture. It says, hi, Merle. These are my 18-inch Alberta spruce. Looking a little sick right now. What do you think, Myrna? Yeah, they looks like you tried growing them in the pot over winter, trying to have evergreen survive in pots over the winter in Calgary is pretty tough um especially if they're a little bit smaller those are bigger pots but they're not that big and really need quite a large pot to to make them survive in the winter time because what happens is there's no moisture anything gets into the soil there it just desiccates and uh, basically turns brown so Myrna, unfortunately, your Alberta dwarf spruce are they're done they're sort of treated as an annual when they're in pots like that and unfortunately, that's just how they go. And typically, they won't survive in Edmonton. They can have a lot more success growing in pots um, because they don't get the freezing or the thawing that we get. Um, and that's basically those Chinooks we love is actually harder on the trees and shrubs than the cold weather because they, they dry everything out and it ends up desiccating. So if you want to do things like that next time, and right now is a good time to to apply another batch of the wilt proof on your tender evergreen. So something like that Alberta dwarf spruce would have um, done probably a little better with some wilt proof applied in the fall 
and maybe one more time throughout the winter. And that's a wax coating I've talked about. I call it like the lip balm for your trees and shrubs, for your tender evergreens. Because it's just so dry here. So you, you need to have that um, little bit of extra protection of your tender evergreens, especially if they're in pots and things like that. So I'm talking like boxwoods, Alberta dwarf spruce, some cedars. Most of your spruce and that don't need any protection like that. But just when you get to the little bit more delicate evergreens, like definitely cedars and things like that, the wilt-proof works wonders for those types of trees and shrubs just to help them sustain our, our dry winters. And though, even though we get the moisture on the ground after when we get that, that was most of February, it was pretty nasty. But it's really still really, really quite dry. So anyways, and then what else? I got all kinds of texts. Everyone's up early this morning, which is great. Awesome, awesome. <coughs> and, whoa, what do we got? And people are getting lots of texts. Should I cut back my perennials? Um, as soon as I see some green on my daylily and bee balm, do I cut off the old growth? Yeah, that's typically what I do. I like to let some growth from the bottom start pushing up and uh, getting through the, the old growth. But the old growth is there still to protect it on those cool nights and things like that. So I would definitely just leave everything for a bit, let it thaw out, let it get grown a little bit, let it warm up. And uh, and then I also got one here. Good morning. Two questions. How should I trim my beautiful yucca? Cut it right down. It's just fallen to the stems. When sh- and when should I fertilize my apple tree and grapes? My apple tree had only one blossom last year. Love your show. Thanks for all your good advice. Oh, you're very welcome, Ollie. Um, the yucca, I would leave it for a bit. Because sometimes they look a little bit like they flopped over and, and maybe not doing. But let them do their, let them maybe just revive a little bit. And then just peel back. You'll start seeing some growth come out of the center. I love those. Like they're and they do really quite well. If you have a nice warm location, you can get a yucca to do really quite well here, and you'll get the big white blooms out of the center of them. But they do like that hot, hot section. So, um, yeah, the yucca. You got the picture. Just leave it. You might want to get. It looks like it's up against the foundation, Ollie. So I would give it, give it a little bit of water, get some moisture in underneath it. Um, it looks like probably snow got piled on it over the winter time, but just let it revive a little bit and then you'll see what it does from there and, uh, and give that a shot. And as far as your apple trees and that, you want to wait just till things start warming up, the soil gets going a little bit, you just start seeing a little bit of budding and then we'll fertilize the trees and, and Mark and I will talk about that a little bit later when he's talking about the fertilizer for the trees and things like that. So looking forward to to getting Mark on here and chatting about that. And right now I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. This is John. Hey, John. How are you? Not too bad. How are you doing? You've answered, uh, I have a list of 10 here. You've answered answered about eight of them. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, my pre-morning ramble, eh? Sort of, I try to cover a couple things, so absolutely. Yeah, the thing, I I guess... uh, You'll be talking about the fertilizer. I'm just wondering what kind on the apple trees. Um, typically, you try to use something with either all-purpose, like a 20-20-20 or a 15-30-15 is typically what we use on, on the apple trees. You want to get some good middle number, some growth on, on the first number, and then a nice balance on the end. So just a good, well-balanced fer- fertilizer, 15-30-15, 20-20-20. Those are great fertilizers for your apple trees. But it'll have to wait till they. I, I like to wait till it warms up a bit till you just start seeing it sp- sprouting out. Um, at my house, 
Or I got uh, I got uh, an espalier that I started a couple of years ago up against the garage. And actually, it's budding out already because it's up against the heat. So I threw a bunch more snow on it. And unfortunately, I've sold that house and the people hopefully take possession here in the next week or so. But I have an espalier there. And so I just tried to uh, keep it going. And But that's sometimes the disadvantage when it's up against the wall. It uh, gets that heat and it gets things going a little bit too early. So, Okay. And is there any value in uh, beets that have been left over winter? <laughs> I found some. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you, in the ground still or? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what they'd be like. I've heard some people left, have left carrots and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure, John. Depends what shape they are when you pull them out of the ground. Well, they're kind of mushy. Yeah, well, then I think they're just mushy. Those are good compost. Yeah. Put them and in the compost pile. Canes. Mine got hammered with that snow last fall. So, and they're kind of droopy. Not quite bent all over, but uh, quite a bit. They'll stand up, but if they're if they're leaning right over, cut some of those tops off. Go in and cut off all the old wood. But you'll see two colored branches, John. You'll see like a like a dark gray. Those are the two year old branches, and then last year's will be a bit of a brown. Take off the old ones, like the two year old branches. Cut those out, and then that'll allow more of the new growth to come up. Oh, these were new stocks from last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so just, just maybe just cut the top third off or something, John, and then that'll help thicken them up. Okay. All right. I appreciate your time. All right. Glad have you called in. Yeah, I haven't heard from you for a bit, so good to hear well, from you. I've been worried about your uh, copper thieves, too. Yeah, I know. You've seen that on Facebook. Honestly. I did. Honestly, like, people, um, our phone lines down, because we have the new communities going in, Yorkville and Belmont and all that, to the west of our store, our phone oh. lines have been stole, I'd say, seven times. Like They're 400 pair. Like, these are thick, like, one-inch, two-inch um, diameter phone lines. Like, so, yeah. so they've, they've been stolen, like, uh, seven times. And so people, they hook a truck up to the, to the cable and to their, into their trailer hitch, and they pull it right out of the ground, and then they take it in and sell the copper. Like it, it's just um, it's crazy. Like, but it's cost. Like each time they do it, it's it's got to cost the phone guys twenty, thirty thousand bucks. The one guy was saying so. Is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah. whoever buying it uh, should be. Uh, They're just as guilty. That's correct. Yeah. No, but they do have, uh, and just so if people are listening, if you are the guys stealing the phone lines, they do have tracker cables in them, so they're able to track them. So I'm hoping the last few groups have. Uh, but could you imagine having to strip all the plastic off 400 little tiny copper? <laughs> There's got to be an easier way to make some money, I would think. And I wouldn't think they would want to burn it, would they? I, I don't know. I haven't been in that business. So, but I just could imagine stripping 400 pair of, of wire. It, it, it's it, Like I said, just go get a job. It's probably easier. But <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Imagine that, eh, John? Get a job, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. All right, sir. Thanks, Merrill. Have Thanks. a great week. You too. Bye bye. Yeah, I know it's uh, it it's baffling. Like it honestly, you see it, and they hooked right up, yank it along, pull it out. It's just it's crazy stuff. Anyways, I'm gonna go to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Hi. Good morning, Merrill. Hi. Is that did it, are those your pictures? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. So, so unfortunately, I, I did. I did what all I can. <laughs> yeah. To. Uh, 
to pre- prevent it from dying, of course. But I watered and I put the the um, wilt proof. Did, did you try the wilt proof? Yeah, it's an Alberta Alberta twice. dwarf spruce are the least hardy, like especially in a pot like that. They just it's 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 a real tough thing to do to get them to survive. It's hard, and it's too bad that they name them Alberta Dwarf Spruce because that makes them sound like they should be hardy. Yeah, but they're but the, the least hardy of that. Like they're re- like they're really they don't they desiccate really easy if they get dry, and some of it is even s- sunburn from the snow on there. So yeah. if it reflects up it was, on them, it was green until February when that yep. uh, cold spill came. Yep. Then they turned like that. It was green. I was so happy. Oh, it's gonna survive. Yeah. It did it after that cold spell. Yeah, but it looks like you have a juniper in the one right beside it. Yeah, it's and it a looks, bird's nest, you call it. Yeah, and it's doing, it looks like it's surviving. Yeah, it's alive. Yeah, yeah no, and that's where it's a little hardier variety. Like that Alberta dwarf spruce, like they're, it's, it's touch and go whether you can do it. But your other ones look like they're surviving, which is good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. My question yeah. to you is, if I want to replace those, yeah. let's say if I want to plant dahlias instead. Yeah. Uh, well, I have to change the soil again. I would change the top third. Like, I'd just pull oh. out those out and just, just replace the top 10 inches or something like that. You can leave the bottom part because those are fairly big pots. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I I did a bad thing. You know, we had that <laughs> warm day the other, yeah. the other day. I, ha- I heard you this morning saying we have to leave the perennials yet. But I already did some. So yeah. now what? Um, well, if you have a little bit of uh, a mulch or something like that, it's a good time to amend your soil then, Myrna. Like if you can get some compost or sea soil or something like that, if it's not mulch, just mulch in around them just to give them a little protection because we're still going to get some cool nights. And once you expose them like that, they're exposed, all the fresh new growth is exposed. So it just it, it opens it up to frost damage, that's all. They'll, oh, they'll they'll survive, but they we get a little too anxious cleaning up here. It's still only March, like we still really things don't really get going till May here, right? So yeah, it's in eight weeks. Yeah, no, not it's, very long. Uh, no, but it's still we we could have some of those cool nights, and if you get them up too high, especially some of the tender ones, they uh, you can get a little bit of damage. They won't kill them unless you get yeah. really, but it does. You'll get a little bit of frost damage on the on the first bit of growth, but it'll grow out of it and they'll be fine. It's just, it's better to leave it um, covered up a little bit longer. That's all. Yeah. I undid my fern leaf peonies. It's so big now. I don't want it. That's the last thing I wanted to kill. Yeah. Yeah. So cover that one up for sure. Cause that one you don't want to get going too early either. Cause they, they don't last long that long as, as it is, you know, they come up, they bloom and then they're kind of done. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so your fern leaf, definitely cover it up a bit more if you can. Just let it stay. You want to keep that one dormant for a bit. Okay. Hey, I beat Mary today. Yeah, I know. Actually, she's on right after you. She's on the, she's on the line as well, so. <laughs> okay. Okay, I won't take up your time, Merlin. Thank right. you for your help. Thanks, Merlin. I will keep listening. Awesome. Look forward. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Green It Up Tree and Lawn Care. Your one call for all your tree and shrub care. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And, uh, yeah, this summer you can give the guys a call. If you don't want to pick up your own green it up fertilizer, they'll come down and they'll put it on your lawn for you and fertilize your trees as well. So let's go all the way down to High River, see what's going on with Mary. Ooh, Mary, you probably can't see it down there. Mary, that's my foghorn. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, you need a lighthouse. Thunder. You need a lighthouse. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's starting to clear. Yeah. It, it misty. You know, that's all right. I but you know what? I know, it, it almost felt like the forest fires yesterday afternoon, yeah. like late yeah. afternoon. It was because it didn't really feel like fog. It was just that haze. And Ooh, then. Oh, it was really low here. Yeah. You couldn't see anything. Yeah. Anyway, um, you stole my thunder okay. on, on the weather prediction. But well, another thing I want to tell everybody. But I made sure I gave, gave them, I gave you the credits, though, Mary. Yeah, I said, hey. You're more than welcome, sir. <laughs> <laughs> the weather lady. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes it weathers weather, well, whether you like it or not. So right around my birthday, hopefully we don't get the rain. Cause that's... Well, no, it's wedding season. Don't plan anything outdoors. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Anyway, don't you gave some good advice? Don't disturb your flower beds because no, the ladybugs are are all in there eating the bugs. Absolutely, and then I, I seen some people out raking their lawn. So that was the other thing I was going to talk about. No, it's, it's still yeah. too early. Like too the roots early. are frozen. You're, you're doing more damage than yeah. than good. Right. But, but you can fertilize your lawn now if you want to yeah. throw the fertilizer on top. Yeah. I um, mean, you don't have to water it in. I had another text earlier that it asked no. that. Just put on the like put on your fertilizer now. It'll yeah. work its way down in there, and then when you do your spring cleanup, you'll just get it down deeper. Yeah. And uh, you'll be fine. So. But what I phoned for is I came up and got my compost. Okay. You're having problems with, with that mud bath out there. I know. But, that oh, the, never mind. It'll, dry, it'll up. dry up. Yeah, it'll dry up. I see that we were working on it. <laughs> yeah, the young fella was standing there in the mud. I said, I'm not driving in that mud. I just washed my car. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to ask you, I'm amending my um sweet pea sweet pea bed yep. it's about 20 feet long on the south side so i dug it all up here this week yep. and i want to put that compost in all right how much and how low and then i'm going to put some new earth in there so, it needs to be rejuvenated yeah so what i like to do is if i like to use forks when i do that kind of stuff I like to use a good garden fork i, I lump it up first yeah yeah, well, that, I've dug it all up already, and it's nice. It's really well. I usually plant my sweet peas in March. Yeah, know? I was going to say because you, if you're up against foundation, you can probably start if you can. No, dig. it's not against the foundation. Okay, but it's you know on the south side, it's very well protected. Yeah, yeah. So, no, but anyway, uh, two or how three far inches. Do I dig down? Well, I, and, like a, and to a put fork, the compost in, four, like four to six inches is okay. Yeah, with a good, this is a good fork. Dig I down. bought the big bag. Yep. So and just, I don't want to put all of that in. No, just mix it in. Uh, like yeah. I just turn it over. I throw three or four inches on top, yeah. and then I just turn it over again, and then mix it in it, and that sort of that's good. That and, gives you and a, then put more earth on, a little bit on top at the on, end of it. Yeah, you can. Because I plant my sweet peas in trenches. Yeah. Yeah. Just add that and then you're good. Yeah, I plant two trenches, you know, so they're really thick. 
and they're good, and the but the deer like them, so I have to put shades over them. <laughs> that the sun gets through. Yeah, no, <laughs> the deer. works. Yeah, deer and rabbits and all that other fun uh, stuff. Well, I don't have rabbits. Well, I guess the foxes get them. I don't know. Well, or maybe the eagles. The coyotes. Or maybe the maybe the wild goose that's sitting on some somebody's trailer out here. Actually, and I It'll seen be my kind of a mess when uh, they're. Done. I went out to Invermere. We're doing a project out there. <laughs> yeah. And I seen my first pack of wolves. We're driving around the road oh. along the highway. Oh, Four neat. wolves. Aren't yeah, it was neat. unbelievable. Yeah, but yeah. you wouldn't want to be amongst them sitting around the no, campfire. No, but they're just so gorgeous. I don't think so. No, gorgeous though. Uh, aren't they? One big gray one was leading the pack, and a oh, black yeah. one, and then two yeah. little bit smaller the, grays. The yeah, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh, I love them. All right, Mary, yeah. I got to roll. Goodbye. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. All right, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. A fog advisory is in place and zero degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. Rachel Notley's campaign was somewhat sidetracked Saturday in Edmonton after a man who lives in the neighborhood she was planning on door knocking in began to heckle her through a megaphone. He told her he disagreed with her policies, drawing some residents outside annoyed with the man. Notley's door knocking was cancelled as a result. Over 700 people attended a memorial service Saturday for Derek Lugie at a southwest Calgary church. He was killed when the Boeing Max plane he was in crashed in Ethiopia. And the special counsel's report on Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election and any involvement with the Trump campaign is being boiled down to a summary of key findings. That summary is expected to be released to Congress and the public sometime today, though Democratic lawmakers are calling for the full report. Global News Calgary weather. The fog should dissipate later this morning and then cloudy for the rest of the day. There is a chance of showers or flurries this afternoon, only a high of plus three. Those showers or flurries could continue early this evening as well, a low of zero and then partly cloudy for tomorrow and plus 11. It's zero degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Um, got a couple texts here I'm going to go over real quick. Um, what did this, and what it looks like someone chewed on the bottom of the tree trunks, and what that is typically the mice or rabbits that get down and, and they gnarl, and especially when it's all covered with snow, so I'm going to guess it's mice. And then they just, I, I call it sort of like their underground parkade. They can just hide underneath there. They're not getting um, taken out by any of the predators or anything like that. And they chew the bark off the bottom of the trees. And and they can cause a lot of damage. So I just tidy that, like just cut off any loose bark um, with a good X-Acto knife. And then just get a product It's called Lac Balsam, L-A-C. B A L S A M, and uh, and then this covered up nicely, and that'll seal it. Don't use the black tar or any of that pruning paint. the The only one I like to use on that is the lac balsam. It it works really really well, as as far as that goes. And I got one more. I and and this is from Elaine. She had had her um, 
her yard landscape 20 years ago and paving stones and things like that. She and how do I keep the grass from creeping into the pavers and bend? The, the really there's a couple ways is is just round up, just touch it up with roundup early in the spring, just spray in those areas. But it's good to give it a good deep edging just in front of the pavers and the grass application in between. Like put the put a good deep edge with a nice sharp edger down there. Just we usually do it first thing in the spring. Um usually fine, just take it back. And then when you do the trimming of your of the grass, you use the weed whipper every 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 second week and sort of turn it on its edge and, and give it a good type. And uh, and then and they spray mulch in their beds every two to three years. And is there any way to rejuvenate the soil? The soil underneath there, you, you're probably not planting annuals. You're just doing perennials and things like that. It's probably fine. So what you want to do is a granular type fertilizer or the deep root injection that I'm going to talk to Mark about in a bit. You can feed your soil that way. Um, we have a product also called Greenskeeper's Pride. Um, it's a it's a good fertilizer that you can mix into your into your shrub beds and things like that. Just put it on top and it soaks in. But the deep root injections is a, is a great way to go as well. And and that's about it for that. I got a couple more texts I'll hit up later. Right now I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Mark. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Merle, how are you? Good, good. And uh, you had a busy week. Lots of the phones are kind of ringing like crazy now. Everyone's getting spring fever. Yeah, everybody uh, is starting to get up in their yards because everything's melting and starting to have more of an opportunity to look at their trees and shrubs and yeah, getting a little getting a little excited for barbecue season <laughs> out in the yard. So yeah, it's a it's a great time to to kind of look at everything and kind of get everything back in order absolutely after, after the tough winter we had and we we were fairly fortunate we didn't get a lot of um snow damage per se like heavy heavy snows with any so tree damage and things like that to our elms but we do have there's only one week left if you're looking at uh pruning your elms is that correct yep this is the last week and then uh the ban will be on until uh until november and so what, are you able to trim off any dead, damaged, or diseased branches off an elm in the summer period, or is it strictly off-limits altogether? So it's kind of a touchy subject. Um, you're not supposed to. Um, I do know that um, for clearance issues, if you get a bylaw warning, uh, they do make the oddest uh, exception, but uh, really just don't recommend doing any pruning unless you know there was a big storm and something cracked off and you kind of left with no choice but to yeah okay okay um so you're getting ready for spring we're we're getting our feeding program and and that kind of thing so want to maybe give me a little bit about what you guys uh what are you going to be doing for people if they if they give us a call and you want to do the deep root injection what is that going to be doing for our trees and shrubs so we're putting together a green it up program uh, it's going to be for your tree shrubs, and then there's a separate section as well for your lawns, um, which you know a lot more about that part than I do. Uh, but for the trees and shrubs, uh, you know, there's definitely some, some benefits to uh, be doing this for your trees. Um, basically, in, in Calgary, we, we have, you know, a lot of clay in our soil. So yeah. this, this actually... Uh, uh, the the probe that we use has four jets on it. It's on a pressurized system. 
Uh, it breaks up the clay and the compacted soil uh, that you might get from sprinklers and yeah. that sort that sort of stuff. And so it aerates the soil, um, you know, and then it gets the proper nutrients into the fine root hairs. And um, yeah, so we put that put together this this program. Um, and uh, definite, definite benefits for your trees. And, and, and I think that's too. the biggest thing, like, like feeding our trees and shrubs. And, and you can definitely see a difference when if someone is on a feeding program and then trees that don't bloom properly or aren't producing nice growth and just aren't healthy. And for sure, for sure. And, and, I mean, it's not just to make your tree grow fuller or everyone has this misconception that it's just going to make it grow like a weed. Yeah. It's, it's to make it grow healthier um it's gonna better help help the tree fight against pests and pathogens uh it's a really good preventative for those those pests and disease so it's it's basically just boosting the health and giving the tree or shrub a, a chance to fight against these these tree problems we yeah, have you're building up the immune systems because I, I do see that when you see an unhealthy tree or shrub that's where the bugs and the pests and and diseases go after those ones yep yep so if it's if it's not a healthy healthy plant it's it's less you know it's more likely to to have the problems yeah so i know you're booking up lots of those but one of the big ones as well is the birch leaf miner that has devastated a lot of the gorgeous birch trees that we have in calgary our canopy here unfortunately has been hit fairly heavy so the feeding program helps with that but also you're going to be doing some tree injections as well yeah, we we're going to be starting that here before butt break um, to help uh, to help that, and then we're also going to be doing the deep root injections again just to boost the health and 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 get it to where it needs to be. So we're going to be doing this in the spring and the fall. It's good, you know, to at least do it once a year. But I mean, just like your your lawn, you usually do a, a spring fertilizer and a fall. Yep. Um, your trees need it too. It's it's just a you know a, a booster shot just to get everything to where it needs to be. Yeah, no. And when you mentioned our soil, there's just there's nothing in it. Like you get down, there's just you get a little bit of fertile soil on the top, but then once you get past the top six eight inches, there's just there's nothing down there. It's just clay and and just nothing. So. Yeah. All right. Well, Mark, I'm going to just take a quick call here. Actually, I'm going to take a quick break. If you just hang on, I got a couple of calls that I'm going to take that have some pruning questions, and uh, we might as well we have the arborist uh, on the line, so I might as well get him to answer a couple of questions as well while sure. he's here. All right, I'm just going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to West Tech Gardening. I'm going to pull Mark back up on the line, and then I'm going to go up to Leslie and uh, bring Leslie on the line. She had some questions regarding... Whoops, I got dropped Mark by accident. <laughs> uh, I'll get Mark to call back in, and uh, but I'll we'll start with your question. Sorry about that, Mark. I hit. I was supposed to put you on the other... Uh, there's. I have two lines of... Uh, of buttons and I only have two. It shouldn't be that hard, Merle. So, but obviously it was. So, <laughs> hi, Leslie. Hi there. How are you? Not too bad. Um, I was just wondering. I have a very old um, green apple tree in my backyard with yep. some crossing of branches and stuff. Can yep. I still cut those? And my 
Should I just tell you my other concerns? In sure. Regard, or do you want to do them one by one? No, you go ahead. Call just 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 uh, tell me tell me a few of them there, and I'll I'll go through them. Okay, and I have some old um, Winnipeg Park roses. Um, they're about right now. They're about three feet, two and a half feet tall. And I was wondering, should I cut them or just leave them? Let them come since it's spring. And I have some um, potentilla bushes and that kind of thing. Should I cut them down now, or or if I do, how severely? Um, and I'm just going to pull Mark back on the line. And Sorry, Mark, about that. I, I got you back up here, so now you're on the line with uh, Leslie and I. How are you guys? Good. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, and she was just asking, she has some, some shrub roses that she's, they're about two feet high, and then a green apple tree, you were saying, as well? Yes. Yeah, just asking about pruning and some potentillas. Um, so what what's kind of timing on that kind of stuff, Mark? Uh, spring is a great time. Uh, the tree's still uh, still dormant, so now is going to be the time to get that done. Um, or you're going to wait again until fall to do yeah. it. When... And what about, like, for reju? are your potentillas... Are they looking a little straggly, Lisa or Leslie? Sorry. Um, well, they're not so much stragglers, but they're quite large, and I I thought maybe I would, you know, just trim them some because, yeah, they kind of do look well. Yes. They look straggly now. I'm just looking at. Them. Yeah. So sometimes what I do with those, and I'll just answer this one quick, Mario. Is we just I, I just call it rejuvenation, and. And it's a term that arborists and that use. We just take them right down to the ground, and instead of the the shrub trying to use all that energy into trying to get that old growth growing, all the energy goes into nice new growth, mm-hmm. and it just rejuvenates those shrubs. So nine barks, potentillas. Um, there's quite a few shrubs that benefit from that. Spireas, things like that. When they get a bit ratty looking. It's good to do that sort of every four to five years, and just take it right down to the ground. And they just pop back up. Well, I can do that now, like within this last next week. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, and and the rose bushes. Um, and again, is there much deadwood in them, or are they? Um, there's a bit, but there's um, no, there's not really a lot okay. of deadwood, and they they were quite like when they're in full full bloom, say in August, they're about. Four feet tall. Oh, nice. And I, with those, I like to wait bef- to prune, prune them until you start seeing the green growth coming out a bit. Unless you can really tell that it's deadwood or you want to, if it's gotten really wonky on you. Okay. So but, I should just take the deadwood as as time goes. Yeah, and then just make sure you deadhead as it blooms. Yes. And then just make deadhead as it, as it, and that'll just keep forcing it more and more flowers so you'll get a lot more blooms through it throughout the summer. Oh, great. Thank you very much for your help. All right. Thanks, bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And I got Mark on the other side, so I got to remember not to hit that button, Mark. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, Mark, so spring pruning, like we're getting calls on apple trees and, and things like that. Is that typically the best time, like before they send out their, their buds? Is, is that going to help with spring blooming, or will you lose some spring blooming if you prune too much off? No, you should still have your spring blooming. Um, it'll reduce your your fruit for the season, uh, but uh, you know it's it's the best time to do it because it's easier for us to see and and you know good to get the reduction and and the tree under control before the new growth starts. 
Yeah, I know, and it's been nice You when you guys are out, the crew's out, and you've sent me some pictures and things like that of uh, thinning out trees and shrubs, and I always love it. Sometimes it like they don't really look like they've been done, but until you really look at it, you can say, now I see all the things that were moved, all the crisscrossing branches, all the things. So it, it's it's great to see when it's done properly and not just where you see the big whack across the top and it looks like uh, like an army haircut, and that's sort of what you're not going for. Yeah, we're definitely not going for that. Uh, it's <laughs> it's very stressful for the trees to to top them. It's not proper practice. Um, you can do proper reductions, but you just have to know the limits. And and your certified arborist, uh, well, our certified arborist, know the limits. Absolutely. Um, okay, here I got one more tree question here for you, Mark, and I'm going to pull Lawrence on the line here. Good morning, Lawrence. Good morning, Lawrence. Lawrence, maybe not. Hi, Lawrence. No, I don't know if he maybe has his radio on or something. I'm not too sure. Did it sound? Yeah. There you are. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, <laughs> good morning. Hey, I got a problem with the neighbor's uh, cedar tree. <laughs> okay. And it's growing up into my eaves. And it's a real nice tree, and uh, I just wonder if we can cut the top off. Some of it, like a foot or so off. Oh, go ahead, Mark. You can you can do reductions on cedars. Um, obviously, uh, you know, have a conversation with your neighbor just to to get the approval so uh, you, you yeah. keep the peace between the two of you. But well, we have yeah, no peace actually. He's an absentee landlord. <laughs> okay. Um, sometimes you can get bylaw involved in those situations if you have to go that route. Yeah. Uh, but most people are, you know, pretty good about it. If if uh, you need to get it cut back. Just, uh, I would try and, and keep the peace and maybe have a conversation. Yeah, even just first. with the tenants, even. Like, just yeah. say, hey, we're going to... Well, the tenants are just a couple of computer nerds. They don't water it. I water the tree myself when I water the lawn. Yeah, so it might be just say, hey, I'm going to trim that off. Are you okay with that? And just so you sort of like Mark saying, it's better to... Um, just, that way you don't get in trouble or something like that. That's <laughs> Yeah, okay. How much can I trim off? Mark, uh, it, it's it's kind of tough without seeing seeing the tree, but uh, you know you you should be able to take that foot off that you were talking about yeah. if, it's, I, if I, it's that mature, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, but Lawrence, and it's important once you take it down, like saying taking that twelve to eighteen inches, but do you have to keep up on it then every early spring, just when the new growth comes out, just trim it right back right away when it's when the new growth is small. Yeah. And then it's just much easier and less it's stressful. way yeah, and less stressful on the on the shrub as well. Okay, Doug. Alrighty. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. All right. Hey Mark, well thanks for joining me again today and no I'm gonna problem. let you go here and I gotta take a break. So thanks for Mark and he's calling in from Prune It Up. And uh, if you need any help with them, give them a shout, and they'll get you set up for all your spring needs. All right, thanks, Mark. Sounds good. Enjoy your Sunday. Thanks, bud. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, and i got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255, and that is the talk and text line, or one 800 Five six three seven 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 zero, and I'm going to go to the phone lines to Patricia. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. How can we help you? Um, I have some cotoni aster bushes. They're about five years old. Okay. Um, they've never been pruned. 
and I'm just wondering if this is a good time to prune them and how much we should prune them down. Um, about how tall are they, sorry? They're three to four feet. Yeah, I would take six to eight inches off the top, and that'll help thicken them up. If they were newly planted, um, and I would just, 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 and but when you do it, and if they are going wider, like a Y from the bottom, you want to do the opposite. You want them a little bit thinner at the top and wider at the bottom. So uh-huh. you can do it that way, too. So you're sort of going the opposite. So you sort of go, you want to do more of a cone shape on your hedge. Okay. And and then do the flat top. It's just that way it lets sun hit the bottom of your hedge. And if you go, a lot of people go the other way. And it's just because it's when you start at the bottom, you just kind of go up. And your hand always sort of goes in the, in more of that, in the opposite way. You know what I mean? Yes. And so you want to, if you can, do it that little thinner at the top or narrower and then wider at the bottom. And then, then that'll help. But right now is a great time to do that. Just take a do nice, get nice sharp hedge trimmer, do it all the way along, and uh, take you know, six inches off the top, and that'll even it up nicely, and uh, and help thicken it up for spring, and then give it a good feeding early, early spring feeding, and you should be good to go. And what uh, type of fertilizer? Um, on those ones, a good twenty 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 is great. Um, just water them in really good. You can also mix in, a, if it's a big hedge, you can do a granular type thing and, and just sprinkle your, your fertilizer along there. And you can even use our lawn fertilizer, that 16326, or the water soluble, the 202020 is, is great for the hedge. Okay. All right. Okay. And you'll, and you will see a big difference when you, when you get on a good feeding program, whether you're doing it yourself or you're having the guys come in and do it for you, you do see, you will see a nice difference. So. Okay, that's uh, great. All right. Okay. And just keep an eye out for that um, scale that's going around on your Ketoniasa, especially with a nice, like a, a, a young hedge like you're starting out with. So, and there's a product called Pure Spray Green. And sort of early, first week or so in July, typically is the, that sort of when the scale are, are advancing and, and, and fly, and then they land on the shrubs and then they get in there. It's just devastated so much, so many of the hedges here in Calgary. I know you're calling from High River. I'm not too sure how bad the scale is out there, but it's devastated a lot of the hedging material here in Calgary. So, and that product's called Pure Scale Green? Pure Spray Green, and it's for scale. It's a great all purpose um, pesticide, fungicide. So, it, okay. it's, it's great for the Ketoniasters. Okay, great. Alrighty. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I think I will go... What, what is this? A strange event. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got a text from Paul. Sp- strange event here overnight, west of Nanton. I think it's called rain. Yeah, no, that's always... Uh, it, 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 the first rain of the year, and Gord's nodding his head across the window. There. It, it is nice, though, because it, it has a different smell. It kind of cleans everything up. It just... It feels great. So I do love the first spring rain of the year, and uh, and they already got that in Nanton. But we got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. A fog advisory is in place and zero degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. A new report shows Enbridge spent $11 million U.S. last year lobbying leaders in Minnesota. That's where the Calgary-based oil company is fighting to replace its aging Line 3 pipeline. Minnesota Public Radio News reports that it marks the second consecutive year the company has outspent all other lobbyists in the state. 
Enbridge also topped the list in 2017 when it spent $5.3 million. Last year, Enbridge gained the commission's approval to replace the pipeline, which angered Native American tribes and climate change activists who say the project threatens fragile areas. The pipeline currently runs from Alberta across North Dakota and Minnesota to Enbridge's terminal in Wisconsin. Alberta's serious incident response team has been called in after Calgary police say one of their officers shot a man yesterday. Police say they were responding to a report of an armed home invasion in the southeast and they say officers arrived and found two men allegedly attempting to flee in a vehicle. There was a confrontation and an officer shot the driver, believed to be a man in his 30s. He was taken to hospital and is in a critical but stable condition while the passenger was arrested. In the wake of the Humboldt sentencing, the headlines may stop for the public, but the families will never stop being affected. Jaskarat Singh Sidhu was sentenced to eight years in prison. Scott Thomas lost his son Evan in the crash and he tells Global News, Though families involved have mixed feelings over the sentence given, they're united in something else. I mean, this tragedy has brought all 29 of us together in a, a very deep and meaningful way. And we're, I mean, as you can see in the reaction from the sentencing, there's a wide range of reactions to that. And that's understandable. But the things that we're totally united on and the things we have so much respect for each other for are the changes that we want to see going forward. Every one of us agrees that there has to be mandatory entry-level training. There has to be seatbelts on buses. There has to be safer roads and intersections in Saskatchewan in particular and probably all across the country. We need to pay more attention to these things. I mean, these are the things that we're going to continue to advocate for. Sado pleaded guilty in January to 16 counts of dangerous driving causing death and 13 counts of dangerous driving causing bodily harm. Conservative leader Andrew Scheer says liberal efforts to score political points by calling out his initial failure to mention that Muslims were targeted in the New Zealand massacres are disgusting and completely baseless. Scheer made the comment at the Manning Networking Conference in Ottawa, an annual gathering of conservatives. He has also promised a conservative government would balance the federal budget, but he did not say when. Washington is essentially holding its breath as lawmakers wait for U.S. Attorney General William Barr to release the principal conclusions of the special counsel's report. ABC's reporter Tara Palmieri has more. All of Washington is anxiously waiting on Attorney General William Barr to comb through the Mueller report. On Friday, Special Counsel Robert Mueller handed over the results of his 22-month investigation into possible campaign collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia and obstruction of justice. Since then, Barr and his team at the Justice Department determining what findings they can share with Congress as early as this weekend. The White House has sought to keep its distance, saying Saturday it had not been briefed on the report. Taking a look at sports, Philadelphia and Washington will get the five-game NHL schedule underway in the U.S. Capitol. Montreal visits Carolina tonight and Vancouver plays Columbus. The Toronto Raptors will host a Charlotte team tonight that's fighting to get into the NBA's Eastern Conference playoff picture. The Raptors will likely finish second in the East while the Hornets are two and a half games behind eighth place Miami. 
the Heat are idle. And March Madness continues today with second round men's action and a full slate of women's first round games. Canada's R.J. Barrett leads Duke against the University of Central Florida. The winner will advance to the Sweet 16. Global News Calgary weather. The fog should be gone later this morning and then it'll be partly cloudy today. There is a chance of showers or flurries, only a high of plus three. Those showers or flurries could continue this evening as well. Then we drop to a low of zero and partly cloudy tomorrow and plus 11. It's zero degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. We got uh, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing today? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I thought I told the gentleman that answered the phone I had one question about lilac bushes, but I got another question as well, so I'll give them both to you quick. Yeah, it's hard um, to sneak by Gord like that, so good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to play him like that, otherwise he's pretty strict on the one-question one rule, so that's good. Well, what I've got is I've got, um, I'm a truck driver, so I'm not home that often. Okay. Um, bad weed problem in our grass. We've got a big lot, 128 foot by 125 foot lot. Yep. Um, so I just need a granular weed and feed that I can use. It's going to work. <laughs> yeah, there there is no weed and feed anymore, which is actually no. a good thing. It's because what it does, it gets in and it actually poisons the the trees and the shrubs as well. It gets right into the soil. So what you it. really need, and you're calling from Maple Creek, or are you in Calgary? Yeah. Well, I'm Maple Creek area, yeah. Yeah, um, and that's why I actually I created our lawn fertilizer for the Calgary. Our soil is really hard. And so I created a fertilizer with a high middle number, so it gets the roots nice and thick, and it actually helps choke out a lot of the weeds. So if you get a nice, healthy lawn, you'll have way less weeds because the okay. actually the most of the bluegrasses and the grass that grow in Western Canada are really quite invasive, and they'll choke out a lot of the weeds if they're nice and healthy. So, so that's in a, in a fertilizer. What numbers am I looking for? Um, the one we created is sixteen thirty two six. Um, so up number for growth. Typically, what you're buying at the box stores is thirty zero two, but there's nothing in the middle for the roots. So I, I really it makes a big difference here in Calgary with that high middle number, and so that really helps get them. And uh, and once you get a healthy lawn and just spot spraying the weeds every so often, like if you just get some Killex and you get the dandelion, just go through and just spot spray it. And it's amazing how fast your lawn will just get nice and healthy. Do three or four feedings a year, and uh, you'll be good. Sounds great. All right. So if you're going through Calgary, you can always stop in at the store and say hi. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Mark. Then with the lilac. Yep. um, They're about 10 or 11 feet tall. Okay. And we've got big stalks of... two-inch diameter. Yep. Um, we got to cut it all down to put a fence up here eventually. Okay. What's the best time? I know I, I was told, I think, about six, cut it down all, all down to about six inches off the yep. ground. Um, when's the best time, or can we do it any time? Uh, no, like, fairly hardy? they are fairly hardy, but if you're really going to get the recover the growth, like right now is a great time to do it. But when when are you going to build the fence? Um, we were thinking about building it hopefully this summer sometime. Yeah, so if you cut it back now, it's just going to regrow just as fast. I would try and do your timing 
Um, if you could move the fence building when the, when in the dormant period, like before May or something like that, like if you cut it back now and then build the fence, and then, okay. then it'll grow up and then be fine. And if not, you cut it back. It just... You, you want to do it when the energy's down in the root system right now of the of the shrub and, and the tree. So that way, when it does kick into springtime, all that energy goes into new growth and it'll recover way quicker. And uh, and then you can also build your fence without the hindrance of the of the lilacs in the way. How close to the okay. lilacs are you going? Well, we're going to go about four feet away from, about three feet away from the lilacs. So what you can also problem. just do is trim the the side. Like you can just do a. Uh, horizontal, like you can just prune them vertically, like just to thin them, make them narrower for okay. when you do it, and then next spring take them right down to the ground and let them rejuvenate that way. Well, the biggest thing is they're pretty gangly because they are so old. Like we've been yeah. in this place for about seven years, and I don't know how long they've been in there, but they're pretty gangly. So we've got out a bunch of the dead stuff from inside and everything like that, but they're. They're just, I think they're quite old lilacs. So yeah, be so nice if you did it the spring, yeah, yeah, if you did it the spring, you should be fine for most of the summer, but you're going to get four to five, six feet of growth this summer off of okay. them. But that, if you're going four feet away, that's still um, a lot of room to build your fence. And typically what I do then is I even just tie a rope or, or some sort of uh, like a patio or something. And just sort of pull them away when you're building the fence and then let them go back up to sort of tie them down a bit. And then okay. use like a tent peg or something just to hold them away from the fence. Do what you're doing, painting or building, and then let them go back up after that. Okay, sounds great. So basically cut them, out, cut them right down anytime yep. between now and basically May long. Yep. You want to do it earlier, it's better just when they're still dormant. So like I said, all that energy. And if you're maybe Creek, you could get going a little bit earlier. So you want to you just a little bit earlier is the better right now. Okay, so if we did them, you know, yep. this next couple of weeks, or, be yeah, perfect. Next weeks. Yep. Excellent. Perfect. Thanks, okay, Mark. Well, thank you very much for your time. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Drive safe. All right. And where are we at for time? We got lots of time. I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Good morning, John. I think he has the radio on. He should be coming over here to get the seven-second delay. And there you go. Good morning, Merle. How are yeah, you this morning? I know. It's always... I, hey, I good morning, John. I understand you're having a good time. Absolutely. How are you doing, John? Good. Excellent. How can we help you? I have a honeysuckle that's four to five years old on a vine, and I also have a mountain ash that's probably 45 to 50 feet high. Wow. And I'm wondering if I can cut that top of that off like 15 feet. No. 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 <laughs> I'm not going to let you do that to that mountain ash. It's 40 years old. Yeah, don't do it to it. No. Otherwise, it won't make 50. <laughs> no. Unless there's dead damage or disease. So I would definitely call a certified arborist out to do any pruning to a tree of that size mm-hmm. and of that magnitude. To get a mountain ash that big, you do not want to do any wrong pruning to it because they're very susceptible to disease and fungus and things like that. So if they're if they're if they're pruned improperly, it, those trees can get decimated fairly quickly. So I would, uh, like I said, our our guys that prune it up would be honored to come out and look after a tree of that size. And it just, yeah, if you try and top it off, because it's just a tree like that. It's just going to shoot to that height again, and those type of trees aren't meant for for pruning like that. They like to be shaded. Um, they don't like to be left with lots of open wounds and things like that. So, yeah, you'll you'll do more damage, and it just it won't be it won't be happy. It'll it might crash on your house and say, "Hey, I don't like you anymore." No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Only my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See that too. She doesn't like me when I get my claws going. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't either. Hey, trees don't like. I see that the weekend warrior gets out there and gets that chainsaw, and I look out, and all of a sudden, more is better, and, it, and it's not. So, so, um, and like you said, the guys. And if you want to give Mark a call or, or any of the arborists here in town, we have some we have some really good arborists in town. We're, we're fair like, but there's some bad ones too. So just be careful. Um, call a certified arborist. Um, Mark and our team, we definitely follow the ISA guidelines for pruning and things like that. And especially when you get into trees like mountain ash and they're that big, you just don't want the any guy with a, cha- a saw up there taken 15 feet and i would be very disappointed if you did that so mm-hmm. <laughs> please don't okay <laughs> all right because uh, it's just you never get them that big and yeah. to have something that majestic that big and if it's healthy man oh man that's yeah, healthy yeah so don't yeah just this let's let's leave that and this maybe it needs some thinning out and and some dead or damage or disease branching taken out um it probably could use a good deep root feeding as well and uh, but yeah, let something like that go and uh, and leave it in its glory, okay? Okay. And Mark's number? Um, you can call him at the store down there four zero three two zero one seven five two five. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks, Merle. Have a good one. You too. Take care, bud. Yeah, man. Oh, man. It's it's uh, you see trees like that around town. Then there's not a lot. There's a few big Ohio Buckeyes and. And um, we just did one in um, on Durham Avenue. We did a big pruning job, and there was a poplar in the backyard um, that we saved. And actually, we had landscaped this house quite a few years ago, and uh, went back and did some more pruning. But the I just it's always amazed. You go stand beside the trunk, and it's I it's six seven feet wide almost. <laughs> like it's just you're just looking up into this majestic tree, and it's just um, the last thing you want to do is is. Uh, topping and things like that to those those great trees <clears throat> excuse me i'm gonna go to the phone line and we're gonna chat with sarah good morning sarah hi good morning how are you good good how can i help you i'm here to talk about lawn okay it is that so, time almost yeah so i i'm actually stocking up so that when the season hits i'm ready to go okay. um so i have uh three problems dogs ants and bulls <laughs> and yeah so I, I have actually already picked up the dog spot prevent. Yep. Normally I lose half my lawn and I spend all summer recovering it. So I'm going to try and get ahead of the game. Um, a green it up fertilizer and grass seed okay. um, is ready to go. So what's my best timing for that? Um, um, the granules you could apply now. Um, and okay. yeah, and the, especially in the, the dog spot prevent, because it covers, I think that the, the bags of those cover about 250 square feet. Yeah, so and I they, got. I had to pick up five. Okay, so I, I your dogs I, yeah. don't like to stick in one area; they do the whole. No. <laughs> <laughs> Training issues. Sorry. Yeah, no. I, I hey, it's good for us that you buy more stuff. So, um, so, but you can you can apply those now, so that way it starts neutralizing. And if uh, did you use this at all last year, or is this the first? No, this is the first year. Okay, so, so you you will see some spring damage, but you'll see a quicker recovery because once okay. the green it up fertilizer gets in there and working, gets the roots healthier and gets them growing, you'll see really quick recovery okay. and and then the dog spot prevent can get in there and it starts neutralizing the soil so then when the dogs continue to use it out there it neutralizes and stops the burn and okay. and that and that's what it's doing but that's it needs to be applied three times a year like the okay. dog spot prevent and i so i every year i aerate and i um 
um, um, power rake. I don't need to wait for that to do the dog spot. No, no, you can no, put it on now. Just so start working okay. it in. And you don't necessarily have to aerate every year. Um, I, I like okay. to do that sort of every three to four years. Uh, definitely oh, okay. power rake every year. Um, and you'll see, like I said, you'll see a big difference now with when you start using the greened up fertilizer. You'll use way less. You won't have any weeds as, or way okay. less weeds. And you'll okay. have a nice thick lawn that will recover quick. Beautiful. And, um, and that's the same with the voles. And, uh, and the, you probably got the tunnels all over your lawn or? Yeah, I, I, I bought the solar pest repellent. Yeah. Repeller um, to see if that will work. And I warned my neighbors that I was sending my voles. Elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Um, somebody uh, said because I have ants and voles that um, my ground must be very clay. Um, is that the case? Or? No, they go sort no. of anywhere. Those voles, they, what it is, if you've left your grass longer in the fall as well and when yeah. you have a heavy snow oh, cover... Right. Yeah. It's they just tunnel underneath there because they they're not getting they 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 know that the predators can't see them as much, uh, like so the hawks okay. and whatever else, right? So now they can just right. cruise underneath there, like I said, their underground parkade, and they can just eat right. away. <laughs> but they really don't do a lot of damage, and, and again, that's where the grass fertilizer makes a big difference. So. Um, as soon as it dries out a bit, give it a really light raking and maybe wait to fertilize if you have some vole damage. Do okay. Just let it dry out a bit more. Do a light raking, apply the fertilizer and the dog spot prevent, and then go from there. And you'll see that those tunnels, once the grass gets going, you won't even you won't even notice. It'll be gone right away. Oh, okay. so. so those piles, because I get piles and piles of dirt all over my front lawn. And even, yeah, so typically they don't like it if it's in your lawn. Like if you're doing a weekly mowing, typically they, they don't like that. So they tend to okay. st- stay away from uh, that as well. Oh, okay. If, so if you um, keep your grass a little shorter, um, you'll have a lot less of those okay. issues and as I well. And I do tend to keep it on the long side. Um, ants. Yeah, uh, that's uh, again. Is are they right in the lawn or are they in the? Yeah. Okay. Um, we do have a product. Um, we have a couple ant sprays. There's one by Kills, and it's a. It, it works really well. It's an aerosol can, and okay. that you spray in there. That one would in your lawn too. It'd be interesting to try that hotel one. I don't know if you've if you've listened before. Um, mm-hmm. People have a nursery pot and you fill it with soil, and then you mm-hmm. put that pot. Right above where the ants are in the in the lawn, and mm-hmm. then the the ants go into the bottom holes of the pot, and they kind of mm-hmm. move into the pot. So it's sort of like a big ant farm, and then you can take that off to your favorite person and drop it off at their house. No, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> yeah, they, since you're sending your voles out to everybody, you can drop off some ants at that other favorite person you got. I'm your favorite neighbor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Here's some ants for you. Yeah. But um, but if not, they're like um, pure spray green is another one that works well, and you just sort of have to soak that area. And but again, when you get a nice healthy lawn, if you're mowing, a lot of those pests they just they don't like it when there's too much action going on, so okay. they tend to go away. Okay. All righty. Sounds great. Thank Thanks, you Sarah. So much. All, All right. right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Green It Up Tree and Lawn Care. Your one call for all your tree and shrub care. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And if you'd like to give me a call, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 
I do have a couple calls on. I'm just going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Dolores. Good morning, Dolores. Oh, good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I have a question about chinch bugs. Okay. Now, I don't have them myself, but some of my friends were saying they live in Mackenzie Town, and they seem to have that problem there. Mm-hmm. So what... What do they do to get rid of them? Um, basically, if they're in their lawn, is yeah, that... it's the lawn. Okay, um, typically it's keeping it mowed a little bit shorter too, and then we do have a product called Pure Spray Green oh, that okay. that can be applied to your grass to help with that. But a lot of it is just a little bit more mowing and and keeping it healthy, and then okay. that makes all the difference because. I know it has got in there on some of them, and it depends how bad it is. But again, a lot of times, if you if you start mowing, even if you have to mow twice a week, sometimes if you have a, a bit of an infestation, they just don't like it because no one likes it with the mower going over top of it. A right, okay. So it helps relieve a lot of those pest things, and, and grass loves being mowed, and weeds hate it. So it kind of helps. The grass likes it, and then the... And then the weeds don't as well, so it'll help. It kind of helps with sort of three things: your pests, your weeds, and it helps the grass get nice and healthy. So, okay, but that's those are the the basics that I right. like. And then just a good healthy fertilizer, like our Green It Up fertilizer, the sixteen thirty two six. Yeah, I mentioned your fertilizer yeah. to them, so because uh, we use it and we really like it. So yeah, no, it gets a nice healthy root system, so it's able to. Because sometimes the cinch bug gets in there and it's chewing away. And it can make a bit of a mess in in some of the lawns. Depends how bad it is. So okay. So the uh, pure spray green that just gets applied once it's above zero. And yes, absolutely. Like yeah, that. you kind of okay. run away till it's about fifteen degrees, something like okay. that. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Have a good day. Thanks, Dolores. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to go up to Barry. Good morning, Barry. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Good. How can I help you? Uh, question on um, ants. Yeah, we've got them in the in the flower beds. Uh, you know, typically around the uh, patio stones. Yeah, the patio, patio area. <clears throat> and uh, I've tried the uh, diatomaceous earth and that kind of stuff, but it doesn't seem to be that effective. Uh, I was wondering, would malathion serve the purpose? If the only thing in the paving stones, they're typically traveling somewhere else to where the nest is. So if you can find where the, the nest is, it does work, but there's also one that it's called kills, and it's sort of a, it's for ants, it works as well. But Malathion, um, I don't, I, I, I would imagine it would probably look after ants as well. If you have some of that, you can give that a try, but you, you tend to find, because it's not a residual, and that's one like the kills, and a couple of them, the more of a residual, so when they go over top of areas, um, it, it, it looks after them that way as well, where the malathion is strictly a contact. So you have okay, to. F- if, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you just need to find the, like the the nest. Okay, I, and that's kind of sometimes difficult. But uh, now the the kills is it a liquid? It's a spray. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's now an aerosol quick, spray. Another question: the fellow that was or the lady that was speaking about cinch bugs. What are cinch bugs? Uh, they're just a little tiny little beetle-looking type thing, and they go into the grass, and they, they eat away at it. How can you tell if you've got Um Typically, you'll see, like, just brown patches because it's gone in, and it's chewed away certain areas of the grass. Oh, I see. Okay. Because it seems like sometimes when I'm mowing, I it's almost like there's something jumping in front of the mower. Yeah. That wouldn't well, be... That wouldn't be no. Those are just... Uh, regular bugs that are in there but again if you're if you get a nice healthy lawn a lot of times it can recover from the cinch bugs no problem 
and uh, and they just mow a little bit more often because then, like I said, they just no one likes it when you got a lawnmower flying over your head all the time. So, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, all right. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Barry. Bye bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. A fog advisory is in a place and zero degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. Over 700 people attended a memorial service Saturday for Derek Lugie at a Southwest Calgary church. He was killed when the Boeing Max plane he was on crashed in Ethiopia. Boeing says the software upgrade is now ready to be reviewed by the Federal Aviation Administration for its grounded planes. Andrew Scheer used his appearance at the Manning Conference in Ottawa to promise that a conservative government would balance the federal budget but he did not say when. Scheer added the longer Prime Minister Justin Trudeau racks up large annual deficits, the harder it will be to return to balance. The chairman of the company that operates a cruise ship that got stranded off Norway's western coast in bad weather praised the rescue operation by Norwegian authorities and the actions of the vessel's crew. Accompanied by tugboats, the Viking Sky cruise ship has limped into a Norwegian port more than a day after issuing a mayday call in a storm that led to harrowing helicopter rescues of half of the passengers on board. Earlier, five helicopters rescued each person individually. There were 1,300 people on board. Global News Calgary weather. The fog should dissipate pretty soon here, and then we'll see cloudy skies for the rest of the day. There is a chance of showers or flurries this afternoon. Only a high of plus 3, dropping to a low of 0 tonight, and then partly cloudy tomorrow and plus 11. It's 0 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I got uh, quite a few texts as well. I got uh, I have a portable greenhouse on my deck. Soil is four to five inches deep. I want to replace the soil. What should I use? I would just get a good all-purpose potting soil. Um, if you're growing some veggies and things like that, to good organic soil. We carry the black gold is really good, and we also have our spruce it up um, potting mix as well, which you can use. Um, it works really, really good as well. So you give that a try if you like. And what else do we got going here? We got all kinds of texts. And uh, I replied to a couple of those. And here's, good morning, Merle. Just a quick question. You had mentioned a product um, for, and it was Evolve Seeds. It's for um, rot off at the bottom when they damp off. Um, what was it, Evolve Seeds or Seedlings? It was actually, it's an Evolve, it's called Seed and Seedling. Um, it's a fertilizer, and it's it works really well to get, it builds the wall up on the little stem of the plant. It works really good because they've taken all the all the damping off. They had a product called Damp Off, and they just, um, no one had, had the money to re-register it. And that was actually Glenn from Professional Gardener. So, yeah, we have the product. It's called Evolve Seeding, Seedling Fertilizer. So you can come down and see me, Glenn, get you all set up. And right now we're going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. 
Good morning, Merle. How are you today? Just lovely. Spring has sprung. Absolutely. I'm ever glad to see it. Aren't we? Like, it was. this is one of those springs where you, you do appreciate because we, we went through a good bout of a, a real winter. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's good to have a real winter. Hopefully we can have a real spring and uh, it's all good. Yeah. Well, we're on to better things now. So that's good. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. How can I help you? Merle, I got these little acorn things on the end of my spruce trees, my and they're about four foot spruce trees. Okay. And they look like an acorn, but they got spikes all over them. They've been here for oh a couple of years now. I've been trying to pick them off. Okay, yeah, they're they're an aphid gull. Um, just break them off, and basically want to do that early spring. Take all those old ones off. What it is, it's a tiny little gull aphid. It's it gets inside the new growth and it eats it from the inside out and kind of makes it look deformed. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, it's so hard. I can just go out there and clip them off. Just or clip them pinch off. Them off. Clip them off. Pinch them or cut. Either one. If it's hard to pull off and you find you're tearing, get a good sharp set of pruners and cut them off. But And then look this spring. You'll see they'll come out and you'll start seeing it looks green when they start looking deformed. Try and uh-huh. get them at that point as well and uh, and, and deal with it. Because it, it's hard unless you can get a systemic um, pesticide in there to deal with them because they're right inside they get they burrow themselves in and then they kind of eat the the new growth from the inside out and then so when you peel that off if you open it up especially if you find new one you'll see little maggots in there Uh uh-huh and yes i've seen that yeah so just just cut them off and sometimes it's hard depends how big the tree is so yeah, well, these are all, like I say, the tallest one is about a six-footer. Okay, then but you're perfect. But now what do I do with the ones that I trim off? Do I put them in the fire pit? Yeah, you can do that. Just dispose of them. Yeah, burn them up is probably the best way of dealing with it. So Okay. All right. Yeah, they're right. nasty. They can make a mess of your tree, and if you leave it, um, they just keep coming back. So. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, all right, you answered everything uh Stellar, my man. Thank you so much. All right, and I, I passed. here in the country by the Bearberry Greenhouse Center. Oh, okay, you're out there. We bid you well. Absolutely. Oh, you know, one question. Yes, sir. we got to find out how Mary's lemon tree is doing. Yeah, no, she, well, she called a couple weeks ago. She said she was having tons of lemon. I know mine at home. I, I can't believe how many blossoms I got on it. And it is so fragrant. Like, it's it, this smells unbelievable. It, it, it almost... Like, I was so glad to have one in between winter and spring sort of thing because mm-hmm. it's, it's truly, you can see it. It's almost like when the days came closer to spring, all of a sudden it just, that couple days longer, and man, it just sent out blossoms all the way up all the stems, and you just, you're within three or four feet of it, and you just get that citrus smell. It's, it's gorgeous, so. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Actually, I just got a text from someone that says, Hi, Merle, can you bring in a mango tree? I'll definitely look into see a lot of the fruits. We don't get a lot. We get orange and lemons and limes, but I'll definitely see if I can uh, get a mango tree in. So, anyways, thanks for the call, Terry. Thank you, Merle. Have yourself a fine Sunday. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And we're going to go up to Robin. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I got a squirrel problem. All right. I've got a nice lawn that they like to just this past winter. The other squirrel behind me fed them all winter, and but they like my lawn and everything better. Uh, <laughs> there's, 
no, they're they're chewed into the roots and everything like really? that. Really, I, I typically yeah. don't see them. They must be digging for bulbs, or because typically I don't see a lot of squirrels um, going after lawn and things like that. That's yeah. more of the well, the mice. Same here. I've never seen them on the ground as much as this. Yeah, no, it's, it's so they must be finding something in the ground because they they do like digging for um, like they'll dig for bulbs and and things like that. Um, cause yeah, typically no, they're not I've doing got, a, I've got, I've got mountain ash and some other berry trees out there that fall off. Maybe that, yeah. uh, but they're, no, they're digging right into the roots and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is yeah a little bit unusual because like I said, typically squirrels are pretty resourceful. They're usually only doing things for one reason. They're not really just wrecking things. They're either nesting yeah. or they're looking for food. So. Uh, they're a pain in the butt. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, I hear you. Uh, so is, where can a, a person pick up some rodent poison, gopher poison, or something like that? Um, it's hard to do that with those because they're not really going to go into a trap, per se, and you just don't want to leave it out for anything to get at. Um, I would yeah. just look at getting a couple squirrel traps and then and catch them and, and figure out what bylaws are where you can go release them back somewhere else or yeah, well, this, this neighbor fed them all winter i've got piles it, of them yeah so poison them isn't gonna work it just again you're gonna create a really bad scenario i would i would venture and i think okay you know what i mean like it's just it's gonna be one of those ones where it's, it could end up fairly messy for you so i would just try and trap or there's some, I think there's some deterrence you can use, some motion sensors. Yeah, some... I've got good birds come in my backyard, and I yeah. mean, I've got blue jays. Yeah. And I don't like to lose them. No, and no. Squirrels, squirrels will chase them away. <clears throat> yeah, no, they compete for the food, right? Because a lot of the, the blue jays and that like the more nutty um, food that we sell. And, and when you're feeding those, the more of the nut stuff that the blue jays like, also the squirrels like that as well. Bad guy couldn't twenty-two him and have a. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm not recommending that either. So I got to be very oh. careful. Eh? But um, I just think there's there is some deterrence you can use. Um, traps. Yeah. I yeah. Traps, traps or um, just make it a, a little bit more uncomfortable for them being around. Like maybe get yourself a little dog or a cat. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's the problem. We uh, we had a dog, but then they the shit out of him. So. Yeah, well, actually, I should, I should lend you a couple of my little chichus. They love chasing squirrels. So. Those, aren't, those aren't dogs. <laughs> They're almost as big squirrels, eh? Yeah. There you go. All right, but Robert. All right. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Bye-bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like, um, actually, I got a couple of texts regarding the, and this is probably a good point. If they're digging in the lawn, they're probably burying the nuts from the neighbors, saving them for later. I have squirrels, and that's what they do. So that that makes sense. They're, they're, they're from when he's feeding them over there, they just come and burrow them in your grass and, and go from there. So, and. What else do I got going? Um, blood meal works great as a squirrel deterrent. Um, there's also a product called Bob X that you can spray, but it's hard in your lawn because when you mow, you're going to get rid of it. There's also plant skid. It's a blood-based product, 
Um, it works really quite well. And uh, and you can use that also as a deterrent. And right now I got uh, Dwight is going to join me. He um, he blesses me with pictures, and I always enjoy seeing the pictures. He's growing cannabis here in Calgary. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. How you doing? Good, good. So you got quite the quite little plants going on, and it's sure nice. In the last uh, few months, it's all legal now, and uh, and people are able to grow. Um, so how are you, how do you, uh, how'd you get into that? Just, uh, became a hobby, something that you want to want to take up? Yeah, just, just something to try. I mean, it's, it hasn't been easy. Um, kind of like the fella that phoned into your show last fall about growing watermelon. Yeah. It's, it's a challenge, but like any good weed, once they're healthy and strong, they're hard to kill. <laughs> but it is that they are harder. Like people, that grows like a weed and, but they are temperamental. Like they, they're not the easiest plant to grow. So I know oh. when, when people come in and they ask me and I just, it, it's, it's a process and it's not, it's not cheap to do it right. And, and when you get to, to get it to the flowering stage and things like that, you have to also deal with the odors and things like that. So, so. Uh, you know the odor's not that bad. I, I think a lot of people they say because you use fans and whatnot. Not, they're like tomato plants. Yeah. When you're playing with them, they smell. Oh, okay. And if you don't play with them, they don't smell. And I imagine there's different varieties that um, um, definitely a little more fragrant. I guess when you get it to the to the big bud stage. I've just been in a couple grow rooms and I'm just like, holy man, I couldn't imagine. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe I like I say I'm not a you know, not a super grower or anything. This is kind of a kind of an experiment. I, I like the one. What variety you sent in? The one that it almost looked like it looked like a big uh, like a big shrub almost. It was, and you had the strings going around. I kind of joked. It looked like Mission Impossible trying yeah. to, trying to grow through it there. Yeah, there's there's three altogether. That's the biggest one, and it's probably four and a half feet high and about three and a half feet in diameter. Okay, but a lot of that is you have to. You know, you have to pinch them off when you when you need to. You have to top them. Yep. And then they start going sideways, and then you know, then you get more more flowers. And so you're trying to do it a little bit more like an orchard, like what they do this a, a mini version of a like an apple tree out in the orchard, where they try and get them a little bit growing a little more horizontal than vertically. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't, they'll go straight up. I've I've seen pictures on the internet. They're 12, 14 feet tall. Yeah, and they're just two. And I think there's again different varieties. So what what type of soil, or are you growing right in pots, or? Yeah, just uh, bag pots. They finally ended up in uh, uh, seven gallon pots. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just uh, cocoa mix. Yeah. With lots of perlite. Yeah. And that yeah. that 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 cocoa moss is a nice soil, isn't it? Like, cause it's quite it, fibrous. Yeah, it is. It is, and it it packs kind of nice on top, so the water doesn't dissipate it. So it you know the water soaks in nice and slow. Yeah, and, and yeah, the big ones, the big ones drinking about a gallon every two days now. Holy, so they they that's a fair bit of water. Yeah, yeah, okay. and they're, they're they're bone dry in two days. Wow, and are you using lights? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, you're. Uh, the sun blaster. Uh, sun blasters, yeah. I got uh, three of those uh, fluorescents. Yeah. And uh, an LED on top with the uh, full spectrum. Okay. So, yeah, yellows and whites and reds and blues. And... Huh. And and how you found with the fertilizer? Like, are you testing the soil like for pHs and things like that, or? That's just it. When they were little, there was problems. It, um, first was uh, nitrogen deficiency, so I had to correct that, and then. 
Then there was a potassium magnesium deficiency, so I had to correct that. And then, like I say, once I get them through the through the vegetative state, yep. then they just get healthy. And then it's just a matter of water. I mean, now that they're flowering, um, there's a, a mix I use in the water um, for the flowers. Yep. But that's about it. That's after after they get to that healthy stage, you just water them, and then and then they just grow. Right? That's but awesome. Definitely not house plants. Right? No, no. It's not so, something you could grow in your living room. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So uh, when you when you get to a harvest, like how how much are you getting typically off each plant? Oh, I don't know. Like, if these flowers get to be three or four inches tall, uh, that one big plant I lost count at a hundred. So um, there's probably going to be a pound or two. Oh wow! Off one plant, because yeah. I know, like you keep hearing that there's a shortage of of cannabis in 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 even a lot of the cannabis shops, which must be frustrating for those guys to start a business and they can't even get the the product into the store to sell. So I guess if you're if you're looking to supplement and uh, and and try and grow some yourself, so but how long did it take you to get that sort of perfected? Is it sort of in, within the last year or so, or? Well, no, they, I started, I got four seeds, and then I started them last November. Okay. And, and three of them survived. Two of them got really sick, and I thought they were going to die, but they came back. Yeah. And uh, those two are, are smaller, and uh, maybe that's the problem with these, these operations that are supplying the, the, uh, the suppliers for, for selling it legally. Um, maybe they're um, growing them to flower too fast, like they're trying to get trying to get the plants to flower when they're only foot and a half, two feet tall. And I know some of the problems is some of the the growers, um, other than Aurora, they've converted other greenhouses like tomato greenhouse growing operations, trying to convert them into, and I know they've had a lot of the um, fungus problems and they've lost a lot of crops where Aurora... Um, the one that they built up at the airport in Edmonton, they have its total percent on one hundred percent pure air. They have full control. Like they built these as cannabis growing machines, sort of thing. So yeah. they're and they they've just been pumping out. But I know they're more on the medicinal side of of the of the cannabis. So they're shipping a lot all over the world for for more of the medicinal, not as much as the recreational side. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's a business for them. Absolutely. I mean, People like us, we can just let them grow, and they're beautiful plants. Really, they're they are they're gorgeous. Like they look great. Like there's, a, I know there's a, a house plant that looks similar to uh, to a cannabis plant. It's called False Aurelia, and yeah. it's a little bit of a copper thing, but it, it has the same leaf structure kind of as a as a cannabis plant. But my only concern is this: my worry is when people they were talking about growing them in their houses, uh, just the the part of the. So are you, are you using a, a carbon filter at all, Dwight? No, no, no. I, uh, the fan, the fan idea is just to make the stems thicker, like okay. to make the so they're not so floppy. Well, yeah, and I think that started back when people were doing these grow offs, and their basement had twenty five, thirty plants. It's too hard to train them by hand because there's too many. But yeah. if you only have one or two, the easiest way to train them is you just push down the stems with your fingers, not hard enough to break the stem, but hard enough to force it down yeah, and when the plant works hard to lift them back up again, the stalk just gets thicker. So if you do that, you can omit the fan completely. Huh. Well, maybe. I mean, it likes to be rained on every once in a while too. So you just spritz them once. Yeah. yeah. Just to give them a little bit of humidity on the leaf and things like that. 
Huh. Yeah, they they like being wet. They like being washed, I guess. Like, yeah, I know, just a little bit more of a humid sort of rainforest type thing, eh? Yeah, just not underneath. They don't like underneath. Oh, okay. And have you had any pest problems or? None at all. None. Awesome. Yeah, I knew a guy who's growing some stuff in the interior, and he, he was getting lots of spider mites and, and thrip on his. So, again, yeah. it's just uh, just like any grower, different different regions have different things. So, Yeah, that's probably an outdoor thing, though. Yeah. Well, you yeah, have to come by and see me when I'm at the store. I, I have a couple things for you. I get lots of samples of uh, of different product that I can uh, I'll share with you. I don't sell them, but I I get stuff brought to me. So um, we do. <laughs> yeah, come and see me, and I'll I'll, I'll set you up. Okay, bro. All right, thanks, Dwight. Take care. Bye bye. All right, that was good. I was I asked I asked Dwight to call in, and uh, he shares some of his pictures, and and uh, you can just hear a true passion of growing on someone like that. And uh, Gord has a passion for commercials, so I got to take a break. <laughs> You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Only a couple minutes left here. And uh, my first lily beetle text of the year, orange beetles appearing annually on my tag ear lilies. If I dig up the root bulbs and now and move them, will the beetles come with them? I'm typically not. They come in the soil, but really important to do a really good cleanup. And uh, and then there is a couple sprays that you can use. I know we have the pure spray green. Some people have had some good luck with ambush as well, um, dealing with those uh, lily beetles. So it is the time. And it, the, the thing is with those is keeping it nice and clean um, after. If you do happen to get them, do a really good cleanup. Um, I like to do a soil drench of the soil just in around all your lilies, beetles, and stuff like that because they're in there and they come in the soil. So you want to look after them that way. And uh, it's it's one of those ones that unfortunately, and I really think this past winter, it'll be interesting how it's going to affect some of those bugs that have been coming at us pretty heavy because we've had fairly mild winters over the last four or five years. So it'll be nice to see what this winter will do um, as far as that goes, and uh, birch leaf miner is one I'm talking about. The weevil, a lot of these systemic bugs, and also the the red lily beetle. So hopefully, our um, our our winter, we're going to get some benefits out of that, other than just the windburn on your face. All right, and that's it for me for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your calls. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.